You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject you've tuned into here, it's Bobby Blitz Ellsworth, the one and only, the fella at the centre of New Jersey's thrash legends, Overkill. Now the reason for the conversation is to promote the 2017 studio release from the band titled The Grinding Wheel. So let's have a listen to what the legend has to say. Here we go. Oh, I'm good, mate. Thanks very much for taking the time to reach out and um, have a chat. Most appreciated. Give me, a, give me a time over there. Am I, uh, I'm obviously disturbing you a very early morning, no? No, that's all good. It is, it's, it's 20 to 6 a.m., but I'm usually up at this time anyway because I go to the surf every morning. So, ah. yeah, so it's not really a drama, mate. Plus, this part of the world is uh, where I'm from is a bit like Hawaii in that the sun comes up at about bloody... 4.30 as it is anyway, so, you know, you, you look outside and it might as well be 11 a.m. Let me tell you something, I don't feel sorry for you anymore, I take my apology back. <laughs> Sounds like you're living in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> all good, mate, all good. Andrew, let me change that. Andrew, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> mate, compliment taken, no worries. <laughs> no worries at all. Mate, I was actually a bit nervous about taking your call because I've been a fan of your band for years. Um, and, you know, you do these interviews and the like and you sort of, you can be a bit a bit more objective. But I, so I'm going to get the fanboy out of me for a moment just before we kick things off officially, if that's okay, and just say congratulations on a stellar career. Um, I loved Horoscope, still love Horoscope to this day. Um, and, um, yeah, mate, just thanks for making the music that you've made. Hey man, I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I know how you feel because I'm obviously a fan of this music also, and I've had experiences in my life where you know I've got to meet some of the people that inspired me and, and uh, gave me solace in times of despair and, and excited me like uh, crystal methamphetamines at other times. <laughs> but uh, and I would meet them and I would say, oh, I don't know if I even want to talk to this fucking guy because he might be an absolute fucking asshole, and then I'll have to go home and break all his records. <laughs> Yeah, look, thankfully, mate, I've got to tell you, you know, off the record, I haven't had any of those experiences. The closest that I've had was when I met Dave Mustaine years ago, and it was a bit bit interesting. But, mate, it wouldn't be an interaction with Dave Mustaine if there wasn't some attitude present as probably the probably the fact of the matter. It's one of the, it's one of the attractive natures of the man is that he is unpredictable. And I, uh, it's one of the things I honestly love about him is that you never know who you're going to get, and that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, no, that's right, mate, that's right. So, mate, I'd like to kick the interview off uh, proper. Actually, I'll ask first, mate, how much time have we got? Oh, my next one comes in. Hang on, just got to get you off the thing. I got to uh, approximately 3.15. How's that? Uh, is that, yeah, oh, sorry, it's because of the time. It's about half hour. It's about approximately a half hour. Half hour, perfect. Yeah, plenty of time, mate, no worries. So, um, first up. For the interview proper, uh, congratulations as the grinding wheel. It's a crushing thrash extravaganza, as if it was going to be anything else. So, to be honest, given your output today, how do you think fans are going to react? Well, you know, I, I can only judge by internal satisfaction, and that's really our gauge with regard to our releases. Uh, you know, we we, uh, we approach this with uh, a, a certain amount of experience and maturity. But inside, you're still that hopping up and down, uh, you know, late teenager kind of a kind of a thing, and that's the excitement I feel right now. Uh, so I don't know. I, I do know that uh, with regard to our satisfaction, if that's any gauge, 
it's going to be accepted really well. Uh, I think it contains uh, many different elements of overkill, not the two-dimensional overkill, but multi-dimensional, which is always fun. Yeah. There's some groove in there, traditional heavy metal. There's some hardcore thrash, and there's rock and roll and punk and epic feels. So I think you have ten cuts there that have each have an individual identity under each other. But when put together, a complete record. And that, to me, speaks success. I hope it does to uh, listeners. So. Yeah, great. And um, Andy Sneap mixed the album. Was there a particular sound that you were trying to achieve? Well, you know, uh, we wanted the overkill sound, and we wanted to personify. Um, I think when you listen to this, I mean, I could tell from talking to you, you followed us around a little bit, but we... Uh, yeah. We caught a wave with the last three records, but uh, yes. we're a little bit short on the production here and there, in our opinion. And okay. Andy has a certain template of uh, what he does, and he's uh, the state of the art when it comes to ears for this part of the genre, I think. Uh, that he make it, makes except sound like except and Megadeth like Megadeth, um, yeah. uh, Archanopy, etc. Uh, so I, I think that when we went in to produce this record, we were saying we want a heavier overkill. Uh, we want to depart back into what was, uh, but give it a, a fresh coat of paint for 2017. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, let's start with organic drums, or more organic drums. Sure. Let's start with uh, a, a guitar that comes from the gut and not from the nose. Uh, yeah. We think that th those two qualities or characteristics of modern day metal uh, lend it to... Uh, a familial, uh, they're, they're familiar unto each other from band to band intended. So, so I think that uh, that was our start with it. When we wished that on Andy and presented it to him, yeah. with his uh, ears and template, he took that and made it from the gut and made it sound like, uh, you know, post horoscope with uh, a 2017 vibe on it. So I'm, sure. I'm really happy with the production. He took a good album and, uh, in my opinion, made it great. Gotcha. Tell me about the song, Our Finest Hour. Is, is that a commentary on anything in particular? Uh, it's a conversation between two. It's almost like a conversation between two guys in New Jersey. Sure, uh, yeah. From an old school perspective. And one has confidence and experience and the other has neither. Uh, the, the point is, is that we can commit this crime if we do it together. If you have any doubts... Watch and follow me. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so it is a, it, it's actually, uh, you know, the, 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 the bigger picture is uh, with regard to unity. Uh, okay. Or, or, uh, or let's say uh, friendship or camaraderie. So it's uh, it's just taken from that, let's say, felonist uh, perspective. Gotcha, mate, yeah. So this is your, I was just going from Wikipedia, um, this is your 18th studio album, and it's your 30th release overall. So it's a remarkable career milestone. What's the secret to your success, do you think? 40 releases. I don't even know if there was 40, but that's, that's unique. I think, um, you know, I, I don't think there was ever a plan. I think that that's part of uh, the reason it could succeed, because there was, there was no goals we were trying to reach in a long term. I think we were kind of taking it day to day yeah. and project to project. And I think that that speaks volumes of why we're still around, because... When you do it in small doses like that, you have the opportunity to look at things realistically and put as much as you can into those projects or into those days. Yeah. You know, I, 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 and I'll say to, to this day, you know, what's your most important show? Well, it's the next one. You know, what was your biggest show? It's the next one, yeah. whatever that one may be. And, and I think that that's kind of a, 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 an overkill principle 
that leads to longevity. Uh, because what's your most important record? It's obviously the Grammy win. Is it the best? I, w- I would say that, but I'll say it's the sure. most important because yeah. it's in front of us right now. Yeah. And, and that, uh, I think that that uh, method has has uh, given us uh, the legs to, to grind on for, let's say, 30 plus years. Yeah, gotcha, mate. I think also too, mate. Like I'm, I'm working class, and it sounds like you've got a working class ethic, mate, too. So you know that statement that you're only as good as your last release, that sort of thing, or you're only as good as your. If you're in a sales job, for example, you're only as good as the last number you contributed, that sort of thing. You're always aspiring to keeping on con- to contributing. But I mean, isn't that a great way to live? I mean, it's just for sure it's what what we understand, and I think yeah. that that's evident in the music. You know, we we come from. You know, an area in New Jersey that is, uh, uh, you know, was was common unto the working man. Uh, you know, I, I you know I remember my 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 mother's first generation American, and I would have these Irish uncles, and you know what they would say to me is, "You work hard, and you keep your fucking mouth shut." Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's <laughs> kind of the way. You know, that's kind of we, we've taken that somewhere and, and made that work for us. We don't air our dirty laundry in public, and yeah. we and we. You know, put our nose to the grindstone, and it's just—it's uh, paid off for us uh, in time. And with time comes that fulfillment of feeling successful. You know, everything in my fucking life has come out of this band. Yeah. Uh, that's because I treated it with respect and and uh, with a high degree of passion. And I think the the people I've done it with, especially Dee Dee with regard to longevity, sure, has yeah. done it equally so, if not more. And and, and that's why this shit works. Yeah, you've you've segued very nicely into my next question then, which is what is it about yourself and DD that's allowed your partnership to survive well over thirty five years? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, mate, you guys have been brothers in or partners in crime now for about thirty eight years. But the only reason I hang out with him is because he can't speak English. I really can't stand him. <laughs> After all these years, he's still learning. <laughs> my, my uncles told me that about the Italians too. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And that's what we, you know, and that's a great thing about it. You know, he has an Italian immigrant background. I have an Irish immigrant background. Dave has a Polish and Irish immigrant background. We're all like third generations here. You know, we're the third in or the second in. I'm the second in. He's the second in. His parents are, uh, grandparents are from Italy. And, and, yeah. and I think that, you know, I was talking to his wife, who, who I had met. I, I met Dee uh, early on in 81. I think I met Lisa the day after. You know, and that's how long these guys have been together. You know, they were boyfriend and girlfriend in high school. You know? It's something to be said for people like that, you know. And, and we were talking, couldn't have been more than a couple of years ago, and Lisa said to me, um, you know, it's funny about you and, and Edie, how it's worked, but, but she goes, uh, if you really think about it, it, it was only meant to be. You have almost exactly the same backgrounds. Yeah, you come yeah. From, uh, you know, that bit, you know to put your family before exactly. business. Exactly, yep, spot on. the business will take care of itself. And, yep. and I think that that's how it's worked for us, you know, that it's it's more about, uh, you know, hey, dude, are you okay? You know, that's more important than, what do you mean you can't do the show? That's, you know, that's uh, that's why it works for us. So, yep. you know, and I think it's also the, the, the newer guys or the later comers uh, in time, which is still a long-standing lineup, that, that we still have to kind of spread that out, I right? Yeah. As long as the family's good, the band will be fine. So. Yeah, so, look, I'm, I'm obviously, as you, as you know, mate, I'm a big fan of the band, and I have been a fan for a long time. So, yeah, you okay if I ask a few questions about um, Bobby? Oh, one question about Bobby Gustafsson. So, he's the guitarist in the band in the first four albums, including one my probably my second favourite album, which was uh, Year of Decay, Years of Decay. 
What are your thoughts on his contribution to the band and how crucial was he to the band's early success? Who? Bobby Gustafsson. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right, sorry. <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> So you've had you've had a few guitarists over the years. I think last count, um, including the two that are in the band at the moment, thirteen guitarists, and you've had members of Anthrax and Annihilator in the band. Would Overkill ever put on a show where former members are invited on stage, similar to what Metallica did for their thirtieth anniversary? Oh, geez, you know we don't really think about such things. I mean, we're really so caught up in the present day. You know, sure. it's that whole work ethic thing that you know. It, it, I, th- I don't know if people realize, you know, the whole industry has changed to the point where, sure, we do this, sure, we make a living, but it's like treading water, you know, it's, it's a fragile thing. Uh, we don't afford the luxury to do these great yeah. things that will uh, uh, take us out of a market, for instance, for, for a year uh, because, uh, uh, and, and, and not have the positive revenue flow. Uh, for yeah. instance, I think it would work, I think it would be, uh, I think it would be fun to do, for sure. But we've never talked about it. Uh, I gotcha. had Sid Falk uh, with us uh, from the Horoscope record. Yes. Uh, that was his last, and he also did years with us. Uh, he came down to a show in Dallas, Texas. He's uh, awesome. uh, an area doing business. And I swear to God, uh, every time I came off stage during the show, I could see him standing behind Ron, just drooling, waiting to go up there. And I kept going, Sid, just <laughs> ask him. Just ask him, man. Yeah. He'll you. He's a good kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. And, um, look, much has been made of your contribution to thrash metal and heavy metal. I'm going to call it heavy metal over the years because there's so many bloody subgenres these days, you don't know where to start. But, you know, Metallica have done the big four along with Slayer, Megadeth and uh, Anthrax. Is there a possibility that you guys, Testament and Exodus, could put on, say, a big three concert? Because your contribution to thrash metal is duly noted. Yeah, like a, like a little three, you know? You know <laughs> Well, as, as I've already alluded to, mate, I actually I'm a bigger fan of you guys than I am of anybody else in the in any of the bands that I've just mentioned. Um, so I, I'd love it if you could do something with those guys, but that's only my opinion, of course, you know. But uh, yeah, we'll call it the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> the redheaded stepchild, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I would love to do so. I mean, I think that uh, you know, if I had to pick my favorites out of that second tour, us aside, you know, obviously Exodus and Testament serves kudos. And I think the band that, you know, one of the bands that gets less kudos when thinking of that second tier, yeah. when right on the bus, it's Creator. I mean, I think that yeah. Creator, you know, I, I remember the 90s because 
you, you had to go through the 90s like a bulldozer. You, you couldn't stop because it wasn't easy to do. Yeah. It's my most proud era of, of this band in yeah. the 90s because it wasn't given to you. There was nothing given to you then. You had to go out and you had to steal it and you had to borrow it and you had to make it happen. Uh, and I think of them as a band like so, that their quality releases, you know, when a lot of people went home and worked for their mom and dad and smoked cigarettes in the basement wondering why nobody appreciated their fucking genius, there was a couple of things out there doing some things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I know, it's, I was, was, was going to comment... I was going to comment and say it could be the big six, so along with yourselves, Testament, Nexus, you could add uh, Creator, Destruction, and Sodom as well. You could almost go that far, and I was, I was, I was going to, I was going to put Creator in that mix, but I, you know they're Teutonic and all that sort of thing. I was sort of going to, you know, big, big three, big six, or even big four. But I think I don't. I think it was uh, Zetro Souza or Gary Holt actually alluded to a big four, including Creator and the band y- yourself. Testament and Exodus already, so mate, I think the thought's out there somewhere, and hopefully a promoter offers you enough dosh to make it real. That would be, yeah, it would be, it would be really interesting. I mean, we did a run through the states, uh, call headline with Creator in '15, and it was like touring with your cousins, man. I mean, it was just awesome. It was like I didn't know I have German cousins, you know. And I, wow. Yeah. And, but you know, I've always been a fan of the band, and uh, I've known Noah over the years, but I got to know Ben Shore better, and I and I got to know Speezy, and Speezy and I got along famously. We're both like. I love riding like ratty bikes and everything and yeah. like big engines and, you know, and I'm standing there with Speezy and we're having a beer and he, and he says to me in this broken English I love you man I said why? he goes because it's like talking to me yeah <laughs> yeah it's a shared metal brotherhood right there isn't it no matter where you come from yeah, in the world yeah. yep yep well you know Yeah, and look, you've already alluded to a little bit, but to be quite frank, and I'm a fan of Creator as well, but they had their moments in the 90s where they, I don't know what they were trying to do, to be honest with you, but it certainly wasn't a Creator sound, and you guys are synonymous with staying true um, through the 90s, and, and look, Horoscope is a fan favourite, it's just had its 25th, 25th anniversary, so you started the 90s with an extraordinarily strong album, again, in my view, it's, probably, it's my favourite album of yours, how did you stay true through the 90s? Yeah. I said, no, of course not. Uh, because, well, there's nothing more dangerous than two guys with nothing to lose. 
And I said, oh. I said, he's 100% right. That's what got us through the 90s. Mm -hmm. You know, that we didn't feel like we had anything to lose. We were actually dangerous. So yeah. it was, uh, by discovering Groove and, and not caring, it kind of made us a little bit dangerous and, and, uh, and, and helped us uh, solidify our, our, our point within that decade of uh, uh, non-metallic decade. Yeah, gotcha. So on that note, if it all ended tomorrow, have you achieved what you wanted to achieve with Overkill? I suppose so. I mean, it's given me everything I love in life, you know. I mean, I like people. I like to travel. I, uh, I love loud music. Uh, I like uh, my heart beating faster, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a drug to me. Uh, uh, but but I don't ever or have never have had these, I like to uh, be, uh, you know, nominated for this or I would like to... Uh, play this venue it's for me it's always been satisfying on a level that i understand and that's this level uh, but i've met my life through this i've gotten hobbies from this i've started other businesses from this yeah. you know the the idea is is that it's about life and what fulfills you in life is a life well lived now that's the best fucking revenge of the whole thing you know so yeah. so somewhere in there I, I i got what i got what i wanted but i didn't have a, a list uh, prior to starting yeah, gotcha. So what would you say to a young band starting out in 2017 with all that experience you've got? Oh, geez, you know, it's tough. You know, I, I just toured with Desecrator, uh, you know, a great bunch of Australian guys, and uh, yeah. and they really have the chops, and they have the snot, the piss, the vinegar. They don't take themselves too seriously, but they take their music seriously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love sure. all yeah. the elements they had about themselves. And, I, and I, I thought to myself how hard it is for a band of, of their caliber to get recognized because the room is so crowded based on social media and, uh, you know, the influx of instantaneous technology, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking something over here and then I thought you could know all the way, you know, where you are in, in your little piece of paradise in Australia. Yeah. And I think that that crowds the room and makes yeah. the, the talented, uh, let's say, less recognizable. Yeah. So I think it's tough, but I, I would say that the first thing you must keep is passion uh, in, in yeah. the front end of it. Uh, you have to want it to, uh, uh, and that has to be true. You can't just say it, uh, you know, you have to want it under all circumstances. And that all circumstances means people disliking you at one particular time, saying, I really don't like this, I really prefer these guys more than, more than the desecrated guys, for instance. Sure. And, that's really what it's all about. It's not about counting your tours, your shows, your money. It's about your passion. And if that passion comes through and gets, uh, you know, becomes contagious to what your clientele becomes, you're going to have some happy customers. Yeah. So I think that that's probably your, your starting point, is recognizing whether it's passion or whether it's feigned passion. Mate, what's your current take on the, what's your state, what's your take on the current state of heavy metal at the moment? in 2017. Do you think we've evolved? Think a, We're in a good place? Yeah. Yep. I think it's a healthy scene, man. Uh, you, you know, there's an influx of youth which shows that there's value into something that happened, you know, three decades ago. And I'm, I'm not talking overkill. I'm talking about a bunch of those bands we mentioned earlier, you know, whether yeah. you know, I, I, mean, I, I had the metal up your ass demo, you know, I mean, that, you know, that kind of a, you know, that kind of a... Yeah, wow, yep. Way back, yep. All the way back then. So I think the influx of youth and the newer bands like the you know the desecrators, the shredheads from uh, when Israel, the you know lost society, the youth give it legs and give it wings. You know the experience yeah. where I sit gives it uh, something that you can uh, you know most likely count on. 
and, and I think that between the two, it's an absolutely healthy scene right now. And that's based on, on its value. And the value was created in the underground where it can't get polluted through uh, commerciality. Yeah. You know, so, so when those people come in and they see this, they want to go back to those records you love, you know, from Overkill. They want to experience Bobby Gustafson's, uh, you know, uh, uh, contributions on Music sure. and Decay. And yeah. they want to go to horror school. You know, so I think that that's what keeps it, uh, what keeps it in the public eye. And it's, it's, it's a nice, healthy scene at this particular point. Yeah, there's nothing more fascinating to me than going to a gig and seeing an 18-year-old wearing an Overkill T-shirt, for example, because I, I, I love asking how and why. And, and I did ask that recently, and the young fella told me that he was perusing YouTube and was looking underneath some recommendations and uh, found the horoscope video. And, um, and I had a look recently, mate. I, don't, I mean, it, it, that, that video was posted five years ago and almost has a million views. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, well, you know, it, 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 it boggles the mind, you know, and I think that... I have to leave it at the answer I gave you because to get really trying to figure it out, I probably fucked the whole thing up. Better <laughs> 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 it was just enjoy it. You know, I'm not going to be around that much fucking longer. I might as well just enjoy it while it's here. You know? right. True. Just keep doing what you're doing, brother. Seriously, it's awesome. So, um, so, and, and on that note, and a little bit tongue in cheek, could you ever see Overkill doing what Metallica has done and performing with an orchestra or, or releasing an experimental album like Lulu? Oh God, no! <laughs> I didn't think so. I just, I thought I'd put it out there just to see what the response was. To be quite frank, mate, but uh, Andrew, yeah. I, I still have to look at myself in the mirror in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do, I do, mate. So, mate, this next question—you've alluded to this one a little bit earlier—but the Misfits, Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen, Aldemiola, Ice T, Wycliffe Jean, Lauren Hill, Overkill—all Jerseyites. What is it about New Jersey that produces such great music? Well, it's the work ethic. I yeah. mean, that's really what it is. I, I, I think it's just that simple. There, there's a realism here. You know, this is where New York would dump its garbage, you know? I mean, I, I loved having a business. I had this business outside of Manhattan for a 12-year period with my wife. And, uh, and she really ran it. And yep. you'd get these Manhattanites that would come up uh, and they'd spend time on the weekends because it was really artsy town, you know? Yeah. And they'd, uh, you know, they'd ask questions about the 40 trial. But, oh, in Manhattan we get this. Oh, in Manhattan. And, you know, and that would look at me and I'd say, they're probably from fucking Indiana. They got no yeah. idea. They yeah, yeah. idea about anything about this area. They're just stuck up. That's all it is. Yeah. But Jersey collected the garbage from Manhattan. You know, and yeah. <laughs> that, that speaks volumes with regard to tenacity. So I, I, I think that that's what it is. It's a, it's a great work ethic over there. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, how much time have we got left, mate? I'm, I'm just conscious not to uh, go over time for you. Uh, uh, I got uh, about nine minutes. How's that? Perfect. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So you released Live From Oz in 2013, which is a recording of a show in Sydney uh, in 2010. Does Overkill have a special relationship with Australian fans? No, it was the first time, you know, so we thought that that was sure. kind of special, that it was our first time, uh, you know, uh, on the continent. Um, and the experiences were just killer, you know, that's, you know, when it exceeds your expectations, you know, it, it stays with you. Yeah. You know, when, it, when it, it's less than your expectations, it can be a forgotten issue. I mean, you may remember that you were there, but you don't remember the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I remember I was in Melbourne, right? And uh, 
and we were finishing the show, and I was ready. I was, you know, the shirt was off, everybody was sweating, and I launched myself into the audience, and I was high above that Australian crowd. And as I was coming down, I could see underneath me. I was going to knock this chick out with my knee. And I was thinking, oh, please, just fucking move. Just move. Boom, I hit her, right? Knocked her right out. I get the tour manager. We drag her backstage. She's sitting in a chair. I'm on one knee in front of her. We're trying to get her to come to. We're putting water on her face and everything. I'm slapping her hand to try to get, you know, we're calling the ambulance. And sure enough, the chick wakes up, right? She looks me right in the face and she goes, fucking Bobby Blitz. Mate, that's that's pretty Aussie, I got to tell you, mate. That's 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 Australia right there in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I love this fucking place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I've actually I've spent look, I've spent a lot of not a lot. I've spent about six weeks all told through various trips in New York, and a lot of the people I met in New York were from Jersey. And there's actually a lot in common between the people from New Jersey and Australians. I find very direct, very frank, working class, honest. Do you find that? Uh, I think so. I mean, I, I, I think that we're, we're probably uh, both peoples uh, that for sure take our professions and our loves and our passions seriously, but we want to have a good time while we do it. We don't want to make it a painful process. And, yeah. I, and I think that that's what I found in Australia, that these were seriously committed metalheads, but they wanted to have a few laughs and a good time with the band as as much as uh, just seeing this concert of, uh, uh, you know, Thresh concert. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I listened to your chat with Eddie, Eddie Trunk, uh, about a year ago or so, and you guys go way back. What's it like having someone who is as respected and influential supporting the band as Eddie? Well, you know, we're friends. Uh, first and foremost, he was our A&R guy at Megaforce Records yeah. during Influence, you know, so... You know, and I knew him at WPHA and always had been doing interviews with him right from the beginning, you know. So, I mean, we, we our, our careers almost started simultaneously. We're both Jersey guys and, and, and really good friends with Dee Dee. Him and Dee Dee go to football games together. So, it's it's that type of, uh, you know, a relationship. So, but it's, you know, it, it, it's invaluable. I mean, it's, you know, he's really, uh, you know, he's the the metal guru, you know, they try to stop the truck, it, it, it's pretty yeah. hard to do so because Very he knows hard. so much about metal. Yeah. So his word, for sure, is uh, is something that, um, oh geez, let's just say, you know, it, it, his word is the law in, ma- in yeah. many cases, so his support has been invaluable because it's just been great. You're the man, Bobby. I really appreciated having a chat to you, mate. As I say, I've, I've been a fan for a long time, and, and, mate, to be honest with you, having a chat here has only enhanced my view of the band. You're a gentleman. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, sir. It was, uh, it was a good time. I love talking to the Aussies. Love, like mate. There's something, something in common. <laughs> Definitely, mate. Well, can't wait to see you guys down here to crush a stage again, mate. Okay, man, go crash those waves. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, mate. No worries. Gotcha. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview featured Bobby Blitz Ellsworth from New Jersey's Thrash Legends Overkill. Thanks so much for listening.